The Indiana Hoosiers may have lost out on point guard Dylan Harper, but they're still good recruiting news. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it is the Locked on Hoosiers podcast. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. I appreciate you making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen each and every day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which is your team every day. And speaking of every day, shout out to the everydayers out there who are here Monday through Friday on the reaction episodes over the weekend as well. I appreciate you and you are the reason I am able to do what I do. If you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, helps us out tremendously. We are still growing at a rapid rate, and we're closing in on 1,500 subscribers, man. It would mean the world to me if we could get to that number as quickly as possible. would love to get there by the new year, and I think we're going to get there. So help us out with that as well. Also, if you're on any of the podcasting platforms on the audio side of things, we're free and available wherever you get your podcast. We post Monday through Friday and reaction shows most weekends, so be sure that you are keeping up with that, turning notifications on everywhere that you go. Indiana may have missed out on Dylan Harper, the big-time guard from New Jersey, but there's still good news to talk about, and that's what the focal point of today's show will be. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Indiana missed out on Dylan Harper, the number two prospect in the ESPN class of 2024. He committed to Rutgers to play uh, for the Scarlet Knights, staying home as a hometown kid there for Rutgers. Had a big decision, had a big announcement yesterday. Um, Indiana was in the running here, but from everything I heard and everything I read and everything I was being told, I just don't think Indiana was going to land Dylan Harper. And I think there's multiple reasons for that. I think being in New Jersey is a big factor for that. Um, he was a, a one of the highest rated players in the country, and he's staying home. And now, not only is he going to Rutgers, you have to remember that they also have the number three overall prospect in 2024 in Ace Bailey out of Georgia. So, I mean, it's one of the highest rated recruiting classes ever in Rutgers basketball history, and it stings a little bit more because he's going to a Big Ten school. I know Auburn was in the running here as well. Um, this was this was a big player. I just don't think down the stretch that Indiana was really a factor in this one. He was uh, Indiana was in the final, you know, four or five schools, but I, I think all signs were pointing to him going to Rutgers. But I know it may hurt, and I know it may be frustrating at times, but there is still good news for Indiana basketball recruiting, okay? There's still good news because you have a top 15 guard who's going to be on campus in less than two weeks. Just over a week, you have a top 15 prospect that's going to be in Bloomington at Assembly Hall for what is probably the biggest game of the year in Assembly Hall, and you have to be excited about that, okay? You do. You have to be excited about that, and I think you should focus on this, a potential grab 
more than the miss of Dylan Harper. And that guy is Joe Sansanin. He is going to be on campus December 16th when Indiana hosts Kansas in Assembly Hall. Well, this is a big-time guy, okay? He's currently in the 2025 class, is Joe Sansanin. But he might be reclassifying to 2024. And I think there's a pretty good chance he does that. Not 100%, but I think he could. And no matter where you look, okay, no matter where you look, this guy's a top 15 player. He's going to be on campus as a five-star guard. And here's what's really important. He's huge. He's six foot five as a shooting guard in 2025. This guy is not only speedy as a guard, not only can he shoot, man, this guy's lengthy. Go watch his film. I was more impressed, and this is crazy because he's a really good shooter. I was more impressed with his defense than I was with his offense. And it wasn't that his offense is bad. I think it's just that his defense was that much better. He's lengthy. He can, even when he gets beat off the dribble, he's recovering against some of the best high school players in the country, right? Not just playing for his high school, but playing for all of the different, you know, all the different tournaments and AAU and the Nike um, EYBL circuit. I mean, there's so many different ones that he's played on. And this guy's really, really good in a 6'5 guard. I mean, look, we all know in basketball, guards are getting bigger and bigger by the year, but this guy can play. And you look at who else is recruiting him. Oh, yeah, the Kansas Jayhawks are recruiting him as well. And he actually has a visit set up to go to Kansas uh, in later in December in this same month. So this is a huge opportunity. He's already visited uh, the likes of LSU, Oklahoma State, Arizona, uh, Georgia, with head coach Mike White, who's doing big things down there. They're in the mix for this as well. But outside of Kansas, man, Indiana has to feel pretty good here. And Indiana's been on him early. They've been on him early. And I think they're banking on him reclassifying to 2024. And Joseph Sannon would be a massive get for this class in either 24 or 25. But here's where I go with this. You're hosting Kansas, another team that is recruiting him, and he gets to come to you first. You get to set the tone if you're Assembly Hall and Indiana fans. We have that opportunity, right? You get to go to these games as a day-to-day fan and be a part of the recruiting pitch to him. He'll be here for the weekend. He'll, he'll be visiting and he'll get to see everything that there is to see about Indiana and the school and the program and the facilities and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about that atmosphere in Assembly Hall. And that is what I focus on. And then he'll be able to compare that game to what he sees in the Kansas atmosphere. And that's going to be just a week later. So not very long, right? Not very long to compare but you get to do it against another team that's recruiting him. Now, that could go one of two ways, right? That could go really, really well if you hang around in this game, somehow win the game, pull the massive upset, or if Kansas comes in here and kind of blows the doors off of us and beats us by 20 or so, then, yeah, that may not be the best recruiting pitch. But I think kids nowadays understand, like, that one game – isn't a determining factor if that's how the result goes. I still think Indiana could win that ball game coming up in just a couple of weeks, but that's another topic for another time. All in all, 
You miss out on Dylan Harper, and I know it. it is tough to see. I know it's tough to swallow, um, but I think a lot of Indiana fans had accepted that already. But there's still other things going on, and Mike Woodson and this staff are not going to stop. They're not going to quit because they understand college basketball is getting tougher and tougher by the day. And while it hurt to see Harper go to another Big Ten school and not pick Indiana, you have Joseph Sandin who's going to be here in a week and a half. It's time to move on from that and focus on this young man who's a top 15 guard and could reclassify to 2024 and could make an immediate impact for an Indiana team that's losing two big senior guards in Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway. Well, when we come back, we will talk about the comments. Take a look at the comments head coach Mike Woodson had to say after Indiana's big win over Michigan this week on the road to start 2-0 in Big Ten play. What the head coach have to say? What did he like? What did he not like about his team's performance on the road in Ann Arbor? We'll talk about that coming up in just a second on Locked on Hoosiers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, Michigan fell to Indiana. The Hoosiers went into Ann Arbor and took down the Wolverines 78-75 to the other night during this um, two-game, well, I guess your second Big Ten game, right, of the season. And you've got to feel pretty good about where this team stands. But what did Mike Woodson have to say when Indiana took down Michigan on Tuesday night in Ann Arbor 78-75? to couple of questions that were asked of him, uh, the perseverance of the team, what he liked about C.J. Gunn, who we've talked a lot about on this particular show. Um, I think we like him a lot. I think he had a really good game the other night, and I think people should be excited. Here's what he said about C.J. Gunn. Mike Woodson said he was great. He made shots, but defensively he was in tune and very engaging on the defensive end. He had four steals, but our bench played great. Walker, Caleb, Big Peyton, they were all great off the bench, and we're going to need that. And he's 100% right. He's 100% right. I said that on the reaction show yesterday about C.J. Gunn. His defense was top tier for a guard. He's a little bit lengthier, right? He's a little bit skinnier and lengthier as a guard, something we were just talking about with Sandin a few minutes ago. And... Yeah, he had those steals, but man, his on-ball defense against some really good guards for Michigan, I was really impressed. He shuffled his feet really well. He slid with the basketball, didn't foul a whole lot, and then forced a couple of big steals in the second half. Hoosiers couldn't convert, but he still got the steals, and I think down the road those are going to come in handy if he can continue to do that. So we all liked what C.J. Gunn did, and so did head coach Mike Woodson. Uh, he was asked about uh, the the end game the end game coaching, which we talked about yesterday as well. And he was asked about if he believes in fouling when up three 
at the end of a game. And that's exactly what Indiana did in that game against Michigan because they were up three with, what, six or seven seconds left, maybe eight seconds when they inbounded the basketball. And Michigan brought it up. And it was Trey Galloway who fouled basically right at the half court line with five or six seconds to play. That is tough to do. That's very tough to do. And if you don't train your team and teach your team how to do that, it's very, very easy to screw that up. And here's what Mike Woodson had to say. He said, well, I didn't used to be that way. I used to let our defense make sure we got the stop, but I've learned over the years because I've been beaten on all kinds of ways of doing it, not doing it. But it was a short clock. They didn't use all of the tablets. Um, he said they burned timeouts trying to set up what they wanted to do. I was going to take the foul, and I had one timeout left, so I worked it in our favor. That's just one of the many examples of how I think he coached one of his best games of the year, did Mike Woodson. So shout out to him, and shout out to this coaching staff. Um, he, oh, how about the major block? That picture has gone viral for Khalil Ware. Have you seen that? And all the different edits of people doing it, making it bigger and putting him into outer space and, and him blocking all different types of objects and, and hitting babies out of, out of the air. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff, man. It's been awesome. That video or the video has gone viral and the photo really has gone viral. Somebody got the, the up end angle of it looking straight up at him as he knocked it out of the air just shows the, the, the strength and the length and the athleticism of Khalil Ware. And that was a huge block to kind of seal the game there for the Hoosiers. And Mike Woodson said, yeah, we worked on both sides. He said the ball went around. He said he made a hell of a stop to drop uh, the bucket in. And uh, and then talking about the, you know, he was talking about the play before and then talking about that play. I mean, that's just a great coaching decision, man. That's such a good decision. You got a seven-footer, you may as well use him. You may as well use him. And here's another important one, okay? Here's another important factor. He was asked about what he thought of the team's ability to get the win without Xavier Johnson. And this goes to the play of Trey Galloway, CJ Gunn, Gabe Cups, all those guys. He said, we're a competitive team, man. We're playing hard. I think after that UConn game, it kind of taught us we've got to play harder. They smacked us in the face, and we paid dearly for that in that particular game. Since then, we've been playing a lot better. How could you not agree? How could you not agree with what coach just said right there. They haven't lost since. And I think we can all agree that in that game, Indiana didn't finish it out strong. They didn't play with as much effort in that game as they have in the past. And that's why they got beat by 20. That's why they got beat as bad as they did against a really good UConn team. But since then, they haven't lost. And they've gotten better since then against Louisville, Harvard, Maryland, and Michigan. They've played harder. They've played like they wanted it. Maybe not all the time against Michigan, but I think overall they've done that. And so I agree with Coach Woodson, man. I really do. I agree that even without Xavier Johnson, which means they have to play even harder and play smarter, I think they've been doing that. And, man, I hope he comes back soon. I really do. I hope he comes back soon. He talked about the defense of Gabe Cups. We mentioned it about C.J. Gunn, but I mentioned Gabe Cups a lot on the show yesterday about him holding down Doug McDaniel and really shutting him down. The guy had 13 points. He dropped 30 the night before. Come on now. Like Gabe Cups deserves a ton of credit defensively for his IQ and just his mentality as a freshman playing in games like this. Here's a quote about Trey Galloway. And there were a lot of you that were 
kind of upset about my Trey Galloway comments. And, and look, the guy can play. The guy can play. But I think he can play better. I know he can play better. I've seen it. I've seen it throughout his career. He can play better. And that's what I I just hold him to a high standard. And I think everybody does. There's no doubt that his leadership is much needed on this team. And if you take him off the floor for a significant amount of minutes, you will feel it. I'm just saying to kind of split it up a little bit until he gets comfortable again, until he finds that shot again, because at that point, man, he's deadly. And here's what Mike Woodson had to say. He said, well, it kind of looks that or about putting too much pressure on himself. This is what Mike Woodson said. He said, quote, well, it kind of looks that like that a little bit, but we'll get him comfortable eventually. He said, I thought tonight, everyone, we missed a lot of layups, which is true, which is something Galloway has done pretty well this season. He said, I bet we missed 10 to 12 layups, point blank layups. Those are things that are fixable. When you get a layup, you've got to put it in the bucket. Yeah. When you get an open shot, a borderline free shot, you got to put it in. And that's something that I've really respected about Galloway. Even in the poor three-point shooting, he's been able to back it up with some shots down the stretch, as he did in the Michigan game, and get some easy buckets at the rim. So, overall, sounds like Mike Woodson was pretty pleased with the win over Michigan and pleased to what he's seen in this stretch of games where Indiana has now won four in a row after the UConn loss. How will that carry over into Auburn? How will that carry over into Kansas? Well, injury has a lot to do with that. But at the same time, I think Mike Woodson is really happy with where this squad is. And the response after the UConn game is what I take away from his post-game comments. That's what I take away from Mike Woodson. I think he's understanding where this team is and the fact that they they want to be there. They want to be better. And they know they can be better and the potential's through the roof. So I liked his comments. And again, seems like he's proud of where this team is so far. As they're seven and one overall and two and one in conference play, or two and oh in conference play. Well, after this, we will take a look around Indiana athletics a little bit. We'll get you caught up on football a little bit as the transfer portal is going stupid right now. I mean, I think somebody just entered as we were talking. Oh, wait a minute. There's another one that just entered. Oh, give me a second. There's another guy that just entered the transfer portal. We'll talk about all of that coming up. Give you an update on Indiana women's basketball as well as we will get to our final segment on Locked on Hoosiers in just a second. Before we do that, want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Go give them a subscribe. They would greatly appreciate it. Uh, They just started that a few weeks ago. And man, the the support for that's already been tremendous. So go drop them a subscription. Check it out throughout the day, man. It never goes off. It never goes away. Locked on Sports Today is 24-7, 365. Go check that out. They do a wonderful job. Subscribe to them on YouTube. And also be sure you subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers on YouTube as well. Today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you 
against the numbers. I'll tell you what, with this NBA in-season tournament, I've been I've been rolling. I'm going to be honest. The NFL went last weekend in this NBA in-season tournament. I start mixing hockey in there too with shots on goal and goals allowed and saves for goalies like it's crazy, man. I'm 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 doing pretty well. I can't lie, and I'm having a lot of fun on prize picks. It's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money uh, this basketball season. And now I can play during hockey season, combining everything. You just select two or more players, pick more than or less than on their projected stats and place your entry. It really is that simple. They even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Quick withdrawals and easy gameplay make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash college and use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Well, let's take a look around Indiana athletics for just a few minutes because we've been talking a lot of basketball and what's happened since Kurt Signetti was hired as the Indiana football coach, right? What's been going on over there with that football program? He's got some new staff members in there and we expected this would be the case. He has brought uh, a pretty decent amount of his staff from uh, James Madison. And he's hired a few here and there, but he's brought over quite a few from James Madison, and I don't think you can blame him. They're pretty successful over there and have been for the last couple of years. And you look at uh, what what he's brought over and what he's doing here. Um, a great quote uh, from him is when you take a new job, you've left your old job and you have to devote 100% of your time to your new job because there's a million things to do. Uh, He said, and for me and my staff to show up two days before the bowl game uh, wouldn't make any sense. So uh, he's just, he has brought in so many new people. Mike Shanahan is offensive coordinator. Uh, He was was there the entire time that Signetti was at James Madison, started as a receivers coach, brought up and eventually became the offensive coordinator. So he will be uh, as the he will be here for Indiana. He brought his defensive coordinator, Brian Haynes, uh, who was hired in 2019 before that season started and uh, took a few years. But then he was promoted to uh, the defensive coordinator. They led the FBS in run defense in 2023 and they ranked second in sacks. So Good for him, man. Good for him. He'll be here. You have a new quarterbacks coach and Tino Sinceri. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he will be here as your new quarterbacks coach. Uh, Bob uh, Bostad is the offensive line coach. John Miller, the running backs coach. And you have some guys, uh, just so many that he's brought with him. Uh, Grant Kane is tight ends and special teams. Pat Kuntz, the uh, the Coots, the defensive tackles coach. And again, just so many of these, man. Buddha Williams with defensive ends. Ola Adams, defensive backs. Derek Owings, strength and conditioning. So there is, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten assistant coaches that he brought with him 
from James Madison to here at Indiana. And here's there's such an argument all the time about, well, can he just bring what he was doing at James Madison and make it work at Indiana? Or can this coach just take what he was doing at school A and bring it here to school B and did, will it translate directly, especially when it's a, a step up in competition? My response is you're not going to know till you find out, right? Why in the world would Kurt Signetti want to take his staff that was playing or doing really, really well and had his teams playing really, really well and say, you know what? You guys did a great job, but I don't think you're good enough for Indiana. So I'm going to go find some new places. I don't think you're good enough for my new ride. So see ya. Peace out. No, that's terrible. And he's already comfortable with these people. He knows what he's going to get from these people, these guys. And so I love it. Now, will he have some new people that he brings in here and there? Sure. And will all of these people be here his entire time in Indiana, however long that may be? No, probably not. But until we see it and until it's in action, you're never going to know. So until it fails, why not try it out and see? You want him to be comfortable. You want him to know who is in his staff and not have to learn all brand new people and how they operate. I'm excited to see what it is. And I'm excited for them to hit the ground running, which they already have. And a lot of that has to do with the transfer portal that has just gone off the rails, man. I mean, the the transfer portal is is stupid, in my opinion. It really is because there's no time. I mean, there's no the timing of the transfer portal so bad. It's so bad because you have bowl preparation for a lot of teams. Indiana, not in that situation, of course, but maybe that's beneficial for them and a new head coach. I don't know. You have a lot of bowl preparation. You have the transfer portal opened up now. You have high school recruiting trying to get finished up because the early signing periods in just a couple of weeks. And we all know that's the real signing period, right? So you have to keep up with all of that right now. And it's just, I hate it, man. I really do. I hate it. I hate the timing of it. It doesn't make any sense. The coaches are in a lose, 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 lose situation because they're having to deal with so much right now and there's no possible way to keep up with it all, especially as a brand new coach where you're going to have a lot of people leave a football program. That's just that's just how it goes, okay? And when you look at the list for Indiana football, there's quite a bit of uh, guys that came in and left, okay? There's a lot of guys that have left. You have I mean, just you can name them off. And some of the bigger ones, like star-wise, right, um, that were previous stars. You have Jared Casey, the previous four-star. Lots of your three-star guys in here. Philip Dunham, a previous four-star in there. Donovan McCulley is a previous four-star that's leaving the program for Indiana football. So, overall, just some big names that that are leaving this team. What does that mean? including Brendan Soresby, your quarterback, who transferred to and committed to Cincinnati, another Power 5 program with Cincinnati being in the Big 12. What does it mean? I don't think it means a whole lot. Let's be honest. You're losing guys off a three-win football team, okay? You're losing guys off a three-win football team, but what it does mean is this new head coach and new staff, you got to get to work. You got to get to work. There's a lot to do here, 
to make up for those guys, try to make up in high school recruiting and continue to win in high school recruiting with the early signing period just a few weeks away and the regular signing day in February, which that's stupid that they even have that anymore. But overall, you have a lot of guys leave, which happens in a coaching change, but they've got work to do to replace all of those guys. And you got to go find a quarterback first things first. You got to go find a quarterback, get some guys to protect him, and get some guys to help him out catching the football. You lost some talent on defense to transfer portal, graduation, things like that, but you've got to go get some guys to help you score, and I think you got to start at the quarterback spot. Also wanted to update you really, really quickly on Indiana women's basketball in case you I have missed the last couple of games there. They're also 7-1. and one. How about that? They're also 7-1 and one at number 16 in the country. They still have that bad loss. Well, it's not a bad loss. It was a big loss. How about that? A big loss in game two of the season when they went to play Stanford and just did not play well and got beat 96-64. to 64. But since then, they've gotten some big wins over number 19 Tennessee over the Lady Vols, 71-57. That's more like the Indiana Hoosiers we know. And then the schedule hasn't been all that tough, right? Princeton, Maine, and Stetson, you've blown out every team there. You're coming off of a near 30-point, a near 40-point win over Stetson. You're on the road at Rutgers this weekend. You're on the road at Rutgers to start Big Ten play, but it's only one Big Ten game. Then you play Evansville, Bowling Green, and then you get into real Big Ten play with Illinois, Michigan, and Nebraska. This team's balling out, man. Kind of like the men's team, which is kind of funny. They've really bounced back since that loss, and they've really responded to that big-time loss. Mackenzie Holmes doing her thing, averaging 18 points a game. You have three Hoosiers averaging double digits this year, which I think that's massive for this team. They have no problem scoring the ball. Let me just say that. They have no problem scoring, and when you watch them, man, The offense, it's just so smooth. It's like a knife through butter, man. It's just so easy. They make it look easy, and that's a huge credit to this team and this staff. So little update there. They're 7-1. and Again, they play their first Big Ten game on the road at Rutgers this weekend. Uh, That is on uh, the 9th, so keep that in mind as well as the Indiana Lady Hoosiers, 7-1 and and number 16 in the country. That's going to do it for our episode today on Locked on Hoosiers. I appreciate you making this your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers. You're the reason that we do this. Man, we are growing, 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 and I appreciate you. If you're on YouTube, like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications. You'll know when we go live each and every morning. If you're on a podcast platform for the audio version, subscribe there if it's an option. Turn notifications on there as well. And coming up tomorrow, we'll have a full preview. Indiana and Auburn, the men going to Atlanta to take on the Tigers and Bruce Pearl. We'll talk about that on the show tomorrow. But until then, Hoosier fans, stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.